is it wrong to want rewards from God? Uh, That's what Justin Ebert and myself, Drew Moss, dig into today on the podcast, asking these questions. Is it okay to seek rewards from God? What does the Bible say about that? How does the Bible talk about that? And and, and how do we do this in a way that doesn't become just self-seeking and, and doesn't just make it all about me? Um, how do I live faithfully following Jesus' promises of reward um, but not turn it in on myself? Uh, we hope that this discussion today will be a helpful one for you. Enjoy. So, Justin... In uh, the last six months, I have gotten two of the strangest post-sermon comments that I've ever had. Ooh, I'm very uh, intrigued. Yes. I feel, uh, like you've, I feel like someone like you might have a lot of strange post-sermon <laughs> yeah, I do content. I don't know why I've, that is, I've because you're a great preacher, but I just you always have some of the weirdest interactions with I've, people. I've had some, some very uh, odd uh, post-message comments. Uh, the first one happened... Uh, Early in the school year, when uh, we were getting the table up and running our college ministry, and and I I preached a message or whatever, and then later it was actually like I think it was a week later after that I was talking to a new student who had come. This girl was a freshman, and she said to me, "quote She said, uh, your sermon low key convicted me." Low key. Yeah, and I said I was like, "Thank you," and then in my mind I was like, "Wait, was that a compliment?" <laughs> Or was that like a backhanded comment? What were you saying? Someone translate millennial for me, Zane. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, low key in my mind, it's like, I think what you might be saying was like, that convicted me, but only a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, just like low key. But I had to go, so I went and ran that by Rachel Madden, our intern who's in college. And I got the, tra- she's my translator. So, what does this mean? And she confirmed for me that's a good thing. Uh, like, in college, low key anything is kind of good. I don't really get it. I don't get why, but it's it's a good thing. So Low-key people, lo-fi music. Yeah, low, yeah, yes. And you'll hear like, man, I'm low-key excited about whatever. And it's like, what they mean is I'm like, I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to be crazy, yeah. but but I really am excited. I think that's what that means. Mm-hmm. Anyway, don't listen to us. When I, we're not we're not your best people for Gen Z <laughs> translation. But that actually, is the next podcast. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so the second one came after my sermon two weeks ago, which uh, in that sermon we talked about the transfiguration at Sunnybrook, and and I basically kind of ended by saying that in the transfiguration we get a glimpse at our own future, which is that we will be glorified with Christ, that we will share in his glory, and that that's something that uh, we can and should look forward to, and that that ought to even be kind of motivation in the middle of struggle. One of of the ideas uh, that the transfiguration teaches us, based in its context, is that suffering and glory are not incompatible. Those things go together. And so same with our own hardship and our own struggle, that those things are not incompatible with glory. They actually lead us to it. They ought to, uh, glory ought to motivate us. And so one of the, uh, I had a text from a friend and he said, uh, his line was, that sermon made me feel weird. Um, and, and I just got, you know, I kind of laughed and I was just thinking about that later. I was kind of asking what, like, what do you mean? That sermon, I don't think anyone has ever said that to me. Um, I've heard good sermon. I've heard not great sermon. I've heard long sermon. (laughs) I've never heard, uh, you made me feel weird. Hmm. Um, and the idea was like, I don't, I don't even know how I'm supposed to feel about that. Like, I don't, it feels weird to think of me being glorified with Jesus. Hmm. And it feels weird that I should 
want that? Should I want that? That feels wrong. Feels wrong to even think of it happening. And then B to like think that I should I should want that. And of course, I mean I, I get into I'm I'm not saying we get the same level of glory as Jesus. He's always he's always on top. He's always at the center. But um, but he's just going, man, I, I don't even know how I should even feel about that. So we kind of broken that. So question for you, man, and, and we talked uh, a lot more about this in staff meeting than I was even able to get into in the sermon. Uh, but but my question to kind of start is, am I crazy? Uh, like, is, am I off my rocker to, to talk about how there's this, this expectation of glory and reward when we get to heaven and that we should, uh, maybe even more than that, that should we, we should want that. Should we want that? Is that, is that a real yeah. thing? And should we desire those things? What, what are your thoughts, man? I wonder if, like, our pushback on that is we for so long we've been trained like you're proud you're arrogant and because of your pride because yeah. of your arrogance you are sinful and so you need yeah. to bury that part of yourself you well, need to and Jesus is like Jesus says so often things like uh you know deny yourself yeah so like don't just care about what you're desiring and what you want and and be able to sacrifice those things and put those things to the side you know mm-hmm so I, I feel like I've felt that tension before, and one of the ways I've responded was, you're right, we shouldn't want rewards, just the benefits we get from Jesus. We should just want Jesus himself. Yes. And so like, I, I kind of get that idea that that person's saying, like, I felt weird. Yes. Because it really can. It can go against, just at fir- I believe, at first thought, I think when you think about d- this deeper, which hopefully we will today, yeah. that some of this goes away. But I totally get it. Like, I felt yes. that. And so one of my, you know, bible answers was, you're right. Don't just go for the rewards. Go for Jesus. Because yes. if all else is stripped away and all you have is Jesus, is he enough? Which, like, I think I'd stand behind that yeah. idea because yeah. it should be true. That Do you want Jesus or just Jesus' stuff? Yeah. I've, I've preached that kind of sermon. And yeah. I, I think, I, like I said, I think I kind of stand behind that. But there's... But I might be off on something there, too, you know? Yeah. Some One of the things I thought about today is... You know, there's a lot of people who kind of like live for the weekend. They kind of hate their Monday through Friday. Uh-huh. And so they live for the weekend. They cannot wait for the weekend. You know, I, I was probably like this in school a little bit. I, I can't wait for the weekend. Yeah. I hate going to school. I love when school's over or when the weekend is here. And I think there's, I used to think that was completely broken. Like when I first became a Christian, I thought, you know what we need to do is we need to see every day as an opportunity to glorify God. We need to say every day is holy and this great gift from God. And so therefore Monday is good and Saturday is good. But I think like now I would almost say like, no, it's okay to be excited for the weekend, but just don't let that take away from how you work hard and how you live a holy life during the week and how you glorify God during the week and celebrate uniquely on the weekend. It's Mm. like a little bit of both. Yeah. And so the way, the reason I say that is the mentality of seeking rewards in heaven, I think is a good thing. But I also think the reality of trying to live humbly to be, denying self constantly, to be constantly aware of your pride, to want Jesus for Jesus's sake and not just the things Jesus gives us yeah. are all important things that we have to have integrated. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I think, I think so. Okay. So let's, let's break it down here. Let's, let's start. Here's one of the things, you know, we, it got me kind of researching a little bit, uh, you know, why, you know, why, why do we think reward is a, a, a thing that we should seek? And so I, you and I both kind of started digging in. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things we discovered is even more so than we thought coming into this, mm-hmm. the Bible talks a ton 
about reward. The Bible talks a lot about seeking it. Um, I mean, this is so one of the areas that one of the ways I uh, people who have influenced me in this is C.S. Lewis uh, and and his sermon, "The Weight of Glory," okay. which is which is in the book, "The Weight of yeah. Glory," yeah. and uh, by the same title. I once heard uh, a minister, I think it was Sam Storms, say, "If you've not read The Weight of Glory, you need to repent on the way to the bookstore." <laughs> um, and so I was like, "I guess I need to do that." So which I think the, I think you guys were reading it maybe the summer I got here. Yes, so and I, our staff I think, did. I think end up, I, yeah, I got the back end of that. Yes, yeah, our staff good. did end up reading it. But he talks about. He, he, uh, Lewis in there, he opens his sermon by saying that we do put a lot of emphasis on, Christianity puts a lot of emphasis on denial of the self. Mm-hmm. And, and he says, and there's a reason, because Jesus does that. Uh, but he then goes on and he says, um, but in Christianity, you never deny yourself for the sake of denying yourself. You deny yourself and take up your cross in order to follow Jesus. And he says, so self-denial is not the end, it's the means. And then he says, and Jesus is constantly through the scriptures connecting the following of him to an ultimate end. And he, and, and he connects it to our desire, to things that we want. He appeals to reward. If you follow me, this is what will happen. This is where this leads to, if you'll obey me. And says Jesus, I think the term he uses is uh, blushless or unblushing. Like basically he shamelessly, Jesus holds out reward a lot in the yeah. scriptures to I his think followers. The, the verse I'm thinking of as you're speaking is, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's one. There's one. Um, he... Uh, actually, I, I don't know that I realize this. I referenced this verse in my sermon. Jesus's, um, uh, if anyone would follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Mm-hmm. Uh, forever, who, whoever wants to, like, save his life will lose it. Mm-hmm. But then he goes on. Uh, this is in Matthew, uh, sorry, Matthew 16, verses 26 and 27. He says, for what will it benefit someone if he gains the whole world yet loses his life? Or what will anyone give in exchange for his life? And then he says, for the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of the Father, and then he will reward each according to what he has done. Mm. And so right on the heels of saying, deny yourself and follow me, he says, and here's, here's one of the reasons why, because eventually I'm going to come back, and I will reward you for what you've done. Um, and there's a ton of them. Give me, like, what are some of the things you came across in the, in the Bible about reward and glory and those kinds of things? Well, it was funny because I was, I was talking to you this morning just – I kind of came in thinking, yeah, I'll read those 15, maybe 20 verses on that. And in the New Testament alone, there's already 70, 80 references to yes. treasure or inheritance or reward. And that's just, you know, New Testament. And so, you know, I'm reading through Jesus's words alone, and he has so much to say about it, you know, mm-hmm. st- starting with um, the Beatitudes of his, you know, his famous teaching on the Mount, where he opens his mouth, begins to speak, and all this happens. Be gentle and you will inherit the earth. You yeah. know, the humble people. Yes. So, hey, the people who deny themselves, the people who say, God, I am a sinner, and I need you to help me. God, I am I am nothing. You are everything. Help me, help me. Those people, as they deny themselves to follow Jesus, they receive an inheritance. Yes. The earth. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know how, well, I don't know what your net worth is, but I don't think it's yeah, the yeah. earth. Right? And so, like, we get to have this shared inheritance, and, and that like plays out throughout the entire book, exactly what you've just said. It's this idea of, yes, lay yourself down, and as you do that, you're, you're receiving a reward. 
Yeah. Okay, you're building something up. And actually, Jesus himself specifically says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth because things are going to destroy them. When you die, those aren't going with you. Yeah. But store up for yourselves, like the command, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Like yeah. So he actively commands that. It's not yeah. just some of these like in-passing teaches. He, he says to do this. Yeah, it's fascinating because he doesn't go what I think I would have expected. I, I see the don't lay up treasures on earth. Hey, that stuff doesn't matter. You should care more about giving to the poor. You should care more about whatever, following me. Don't lay up treasures on earth. That, that would make sense. But then he mm-hmm. follows up and he goes, but you should be. You should be living in a way that stores up treasure for you in yes. heaven. You should be living in a way in which there's stuff coming to you on the other side of eternity. And that's the, that's the part where I go, whoa, that, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound right. Am I allowed to say that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. But it's all through, I mean, Jesus says these things a lot. Uh, he says in Luke 6, 23, which is another Beatitudes thing, that those who are per- persecuted, he says, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Um, take note because your reward is great in heaven, uh, for this is the way uh, their ancestors used to treat the prophets. That yes. is, people used to persecute the prophets, their reward was great. And if you're getting persecuted, your reward will be great in heaven. So uh, that, no, that's what that brings up a good point, though, like, so we kind of have these general terms like treasure and reward, but is there like, so the, the phrase I was thinking today is like, what's the economy of God? So w- what do we need to do in order to receive? Yeah. So, so the wages of sin is death, Yes. right? But the yes. free gift of God is eternal life in yes. Christ Jesus our Lord. Yes. But when Jesus pretty explicitly talks about, hey, you should be laying up for yourselves treasures on earth. What's the formula for that? Yeah. So for the for us who are so much focused, and I think in a good sense, we just need to be having a more complete sense. Uh, we're trying to deny ourselves. We're trying to live for Jesus, to follow him, to deny ourselves, to pick up our cross. And now we're trying to, in light of that also, to pursue the treasure which is in heaven. What What is the gap between yeah. denying ourselves and living for Christ in such a way that He rewards that? Yeah. Did, first, you, did you come across that? Uh, well, first of all, I just I I, I wanna I, I like that you mentioned Romans six twenty three because I do wanna I think it's worth clarifying here. The you know the wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, and that is that we are not. And the Bible doesn't talk about a earning eternal life to someone who does not That's talk good. about like a, yeah. a, if you do enough stuff, then you get to be in heaven. Or if you do enough stuff, then God will like you. It's no, it's very clear that the, the gift of eternal life to be with God forever is a free gift. And that's not something you earn. So what we're talking about is something different mm-hmm. that you can be there. And then, but then there's to some degree, it seems like levels of reward yeah. that, that we can receive there. Yeah. Um, and so you're asking, like, what kind of things yeah, yeah, yeah. seem to be connected to those rewards? Yeah. So, like, Ephesians 1 and 2 that makes pretty obvious the, the work of salvation is primarily on God. It rests on God. It initiates with God through Jesus, carried yeah. along by the Spirit. And we are the benefactors of this great thing that God has done, not because of how awesome we are, yeah. because of what he's done. And now we, like, attach ourselves to that through humbling ourselves, through repentance, through faith, right? And so, yeah, truly not something we earn. Yeah. But it's very clear that the people who truly have faith will live according to that faith. Yeah. And that those who live according to that faith will be rewarded for living according to that faith yep. in light of what Jesus has done. Yep. So that's kind of the progression we have. Mm-hmm. 
but what are the specifics? Okay, so if if you're going to get into like what are the specific rewards, that gets harder. I'll I'll give you some stuff that I that I've kind of read and are thinking mm-hmm. about later. But mm-hmm. if if you want to talk about like the what are some of the specific things that are seem to be attached to those? Yeah, let's start with that. Let's yeah. start with what we do. We see things like Jesus talks about uh, things like hey, don't pray to be seen on the street corners by mm-hmm. others because if you get that kind of attention, that is your reward. Mm-hmm. But if you pray secretly, you will be rewarded by your Father in heaven. Uh, don't In the same, he says the same thing about fasting. Mm-hmm. Don't fast in a way that makes everyone think you're awesome and spiritual. That that might happen. They might thank you, but that's, that's the rewards you get is how awesome they think you are. But if you'll keep it secret from them, then you get rewards from Father. So it seems like that, I would say, the, the common principle there is a seek after uh, seeking after the attention and the glory of or yeah the attention and uh, obedience to God rather than seeking after the things of man and people's approval that's one of the things so question on that text before we move on yeah do you think he literally means like if drew and I are talking as brothers in Christ in the hallway of our office and he says hey let's go grab lunch and I say hey I'm not doing lunch today and he's like why and I say because I'm fasting right now for Lent that like totally removes it. Yeah, or do you think yeah. Jesus is like, is there a nuance to that between, because yeah. I, I think you kind of said it, but yeah. I think it's important for people no, to that's, hear that. Yeah, I do. I, I think that's the issue is you are seeking the approval of man. Mm-hmm. And so if, if Justin in that moment just goes, dude, I can't today. And I, and he may just say that first and then I press, why? Why won't you, you don't like me? You don't want to come eat lunch with me? <laughs> and he goes, no, I mean, I'm, I'm fasting for Lent. Justin's clearly not trying to get me to think highly of him there. You're not, you're not trying to do that. And so I don't, I don't think that's what Jesus is talking about. Mm-hmm. He's talking about people who are seeking mm-hmm. the praise of people. Yeah. So he and does so, have a prayer. He does have a fasting. He kind of says the same thing about like giving to yes, people in need. Yeah. They're all kind of same idea. When you practice your righteousness or you do yes. good works so that people see you, you're seeking their praise. And yes. so you got it. That's all you got. Yes. But actually, we're trying to seek God's praise with those things. And that's what's going to ultimately find a reward in heaven. Yes. Um, so, so yeah, but other things back on the like what, what seems to yeah. lead to reward in the scriptures. Yeah. Uh, things we see a lot is uh, persecution, like facing mm-hmm. suffering and hardship and persecution mm-hmm. for Jesus. Um, uh, often in the New Testament, that is inflicted by other people on us for our suffering. And, mm-hmm. and man, the, the Bible ties a lot in the same breath, suffering and glory. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans eight seventeen talks about how we'll, we'll be co-heirs with Christ if we're willing to suffer with him in order that we might be glorified with him. Second yeah. uh, Corinthians 4 talks about that our suffering is building up for us an eternal weight of glory. Um, but then there's also, I think, the self, like when Jesus talks about deny yourself, um, which is like a that might have to do with the persecution I face, but it may just be my own willingness to sacrifice mm-hmm. for these things. So sacrifice, suffering, persecution are constantly, maybe more than anything else, linked to reward. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, Paul talks about how the way he does his ministry, whether he builds up the church around things, uh, around Jesus or around le- lesser fluffy things. Like 1 Corinthians 3, is that what yes, you're talking about? Yes, yeah. He talks about how I came in and I laid a foundation that is Jesus. And you can't lay a foundation of anything else whenever you're starting a church, whenever you are working in ministry. You can't lay any other foundation other than Jesus and him crucified. And then I build up with with faithfulness and solid teaching and all these things. And he says, and, and when the end comes, like fire, God is going to come show how much my mm-hmm. work really was 
worth, mm-hmm. whether it was actual Jesus things or whether it was just man-centered things. And that's an interesting to prove our point. He says, for those who built up around man-centered things, yeah. they'll still escape through the flames. Like, in other words, he seems to say, like, they'll still be saved because, again, their salvation wasn't dependent on that. But they're going to come away with nothing but, you know, they'll get salvation but no rewards. Which, that like, go with that it. is a fascinating text to me. Yes. Because there really is this sense in which people who are truly faithful there's a lot that we're going to do that God is going to reveal like, yeah, you were kind of messed up in that, yeah. you know? Yes. And so like yes. truly there's nothing we can think, say, or do that is hidden from God. But then the, the thought that I go to when I, this is how I think, okay, when I do die, when, you know, the kingdom fully comes and we're trying to see how this reward thing plays out, there are going to be a bunch of people like, dang it. Got nothing up here. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> like, what is that actually going to look like? I know we don't know, but yeah. that's fascinating to think about. Yeah, Jim talks about, you know, that we won't, He, you know, he it, heaven does not seem to be in the new heavens and new earth, that it will be a place of sadness or mm-hmm. mourning, that the Bible describes it's not going to be like that, right? But Jim thinks there's still room in there for, he's this term, a holy regret, mm-hmm. that we'll look and go, man, like, dude, this is wonderful. I'm here. This is everything. But I do, looking back, I wish I'd have done some things differently. Um, and and I, think, I think there's something to that. I, again, I don't know how it's all going to play out. Um, but, yeah, things like being willing to suffer, staying faithful in ministry, staying faithful on the uh, on kingdom-oriented things and Jesus-oriented things rather than building up my own little kingdom, uh, seeking the praise and approval of God rather than the praise and approval of people. Those things are linked a lot um, to uh, Colossians 3 talks about how servants should work not for their not for their earthly masters, but for their heavenly master, and he will reward you. Um, so yeah, that kind of idea. Um, I don't know. You, I, I want to ask you a question. I don't know if there's anything else you want to throw in on that first, though. The only other things that I, they're not different, but that I saw are things like leaving your house or being willing yes. to walk away from everything that you have, like even your family. Yeah. That receives reward and doing good to those who are evil to you. So not just enduring suffering, but going beyond that, but showing yes. them goodness that receives rewards. Yeah. Um, actually, when Paul's talking to the Ephesian elders in Acts 20, he says, I'm handing you over to God and to the words of his grace, and that that actually leads to the inheritance. Mm-hmm. So in some level, listening to God, obeying God, understanding the word, teaching the word, obeying the word, that leads to reward. Yeah. So those are some things that I think we would assume are things that are part of our daily Christ walk, mm-hmm. or at least part of the journey. And those are things that God sees and rewards. And so, so much of this really is when we see the commands of the Bible to actually live in light of the salvation we've received in Christ, like that will be rewarded. Even if we think it's for nothing here, because we can't, we do such a terrible job of thinking kingdomly or heavenly that that stuff's rewarded by God. It truly is, truly will be. Yeah, a lot of it, as I read through, I notice a lot of it has to do with a sense of like, almost like delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things where the Bible appeal appeals to us and says you will be rewarded is in asking us to give up on some things here and mm-hmm. asking us to deny ourselves and asking us to be willing to walk away from homes and family and all that stuff. And what the Bible is saying is, trust me here, you're going to come out 
this is not the dumb decision. It looks like the dumb decision. To everyone around you, it's going to look dumb when you do those things. It's going to look foolish when you give up on earthly treasures and all these things. But trust me that in the end, this is going to work out better for you if you do these things, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so let me ask you this, though. Um, I mean, it, uh, you know, you read through the Bible, and it's not bad to seek rewards from God mm-hmm. um, because he, he keeps calling us to seek after those things. Yeah. Um, but why not? Like, how is this not? If someone goes to you and, and goes, this makes me, like my friend, this makes me feel weird. How is it feels like I'm, feels like I'm using God to get something I want. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'll just, okay, I'll, I'll be good. I'll, I'll play the game. I'll do these things. And that way I'll get extra rewards and have whatever that may mean. I'll have that. Like, how, how, do, how do we explain that? Why is this not a bad thing to do that? I think because it can be that, because it's possible for us to do that, to truly want the benefits of God but not want Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. To want yeah. the streets of gold but not the cross. Yeah. Okay? To want the resurrection but not the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. I, th- I really think that's possible. I think there's a whole line of churches that a- ascribe to this prosperity gospel mm-hmm. where a lot of what they do, they think they can say these certain things and do these certain things and experience health and wealth in this life and that there's there really is this god owes me like the yeah. wages of the things i've just said in this order or the things that i've just done means that god owes me and if i'm faithful enough and good enough then i'll receive physical health and physical wealth in yeah. this life and yeah sure in the life to come but that's also here and now lord your kingdom come your will be done mm-hmm. on earth now as it is yeah. in heaven later Okay, and so you can see how it's so easy to twist some of yeah. this and to make it something true. From And so I think a good Bible-believing Christian can see that and be like, are you sure that's not what you're talking about, Drew? Like, yeah. I see people who really focus on the rewards, and it seems kind of gross to me. Yeah. And, yeah, hey, you're right in that. There, you're, you're right that, that that's broken and messed up and twisted. <laughs> but remember, let's go back to the Scriptures. Yeah. Okay, we started that Jesus starts his public ministry in the book of Matthew speaking about our inheritance of the earth, mm-hmm. that the reward we're going to receive in heaven, that mm-hmm. there is this treasure which we are supposed to, which we are commanded to build up for ourselves in heaven. Yeah. And so we have to hold these things in tension, that yeah. to, to only want the rewards of Jesus, the life of Jesus, but not the death of Jesus, and the denying ourselves part of Jesus, that, that's broken. But yeah. to say, then therefore, we don't think about what we're building up for ourselves then, I think that's also incomplete. Yeah. So there's broken and there's incomplete. So what we want to do is have a full, whole, biblical picture of our life and the life to come. And I think that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, here's what I think the distinction is between those two, the person who is seeking, say, health and wealth and to get a bigger house and all those things, seeking God just to get stuff, and the kind of reward seeking that the Bible speaks of. And again, I, I'm stealing from C.S. Lewis on this, but he uses the term mercenary. Um, how is this not mercenary to seek rewards from Jesus? And a mercenary is someone who goes in and they are seeking to, like a, a soldier mm-hmm. who doesn't really care whether this country wins or this country wins. They're just trying to get money out mm. of this thing. They're trying to get an extra yeah. benefit out of They don't care about the person. Mm. But he says the difference is, the difference is whether or not the, re- the reward is a natural culmination of the effort. So when we see, if, if, if we 
see a guy and he's clearly marrying some somebody for their money. He marries a woman for money. We go, dude, that's wrong. That's C.S. Lewis says that's mercenary. You're you're trying to get you're trying to marry her, but what you want is not her. You want money. But if, if we see a guy who wants to marry a girl and the reason why is because he wants to spend the rest of his life with her, we wouldn't go, dude, that's so, I can't believe <laughs> you would marry her just because all you really want out yeah, of this is you yeah. just want to spend the rest of your life with her. Yep. We go, no, 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 because spending the rest of your life with a person is the natural culmination. Mm-hmm. It's the natural end result of marriage. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, he uses the, uh, the general who goes into battle and, and is just trying to earn fame and glory for himself. And, to, and he does reckless and risky things because he wants to be known as this amazing general and everyone to look at him. Or the general who's trying to, who goes into battle because he wants to win a victory. Mm-hmm. He's trying to win for his team. And we wouldn't go, I, that's so sick of you to try. And the only reason you're fighting this battle is so you can win. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's... Working hard in battle, fighting hard, the natural culmination is victory. And so this is what C.S. Lewis says is like what Jesus is talking about is the natural culmination of these things. That what I get, and here we get into some of the rewards, what I get is Jesus himself. What I get, if I'm, if I'm seeking the praise of God instead of the praise of people, what I get is the praise of God. And that is a reward, that is a glory that's bigger than we can even wrap our minds around. And so if I want money for Jesus, money is not the natural extension of following Jesus. Um, bigger houses and a healthy life is not a natural culmination of obedience. Um, that's something I'm trying to tack on. And that's mercenary. Um, but, but if what I want is more Jesus, what I want is more of his um, attention and delight and pleasure, man, that's, that's, that's the natural end result of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's why the Bible's teaching on things like money is important, too. It's not that money is evil. It's that money is a root of all kinds of evil. And there's a, there's a really yeah. important difference there. Yeah. It's not that everyone who has money therefore cannot be godly, therefore cannot be a Christian. It's that that thing can become so dominant in your life that it it takes place of God, and therefore you're not actually one of God's people. And so to seek after it can be really unhealthy. And so similar with these treasures, like if you're seeking this and that, then there's something broken. Um, As you were were talking, I was thinking about... um, uh, people who really do have like a heart for the Lord but have kind of an either incomplete or broken view of this. And there really is hope in that 1 Corinthians 3 text that like, we don't have to have this perfect necessarily, mm-hmm. but we do, as we submit to the Scriptures, hopefully get it more right, more clear. Mm-hmm. And there's a natural overflow, as you're saying, of the obedience of a life in Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what we hope we can do. I, I know I've benefited a lot from your sermon and just even studying this. N.T. Wright, who's a, a big scholar, says that we Americans are like over-focused on heaven, over-focused on the rewards. And I, to- I totally get what he's saying. You know, he knows the Bible way better than I do, probably has a pulse on people better than I do. But then when I read these texts from the New Testament, it's like, I don't know that we have too much of a focus on it. Maybe it's just not a clear focus. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you sent me you sent me a text as we were preparing. You said, "Dude, the Bible talks. I don't know if you know this, Drew, but the Bible talks a lot about rewards and mm-hmm. treasure." And I was like, and I my response back to you is like, "Yeah, way more than I do. Mm-hmm. It talks about it way more than I do. I, I I've been 
uh, I've been nervous or cautious because because of the the ways that this can get perverted and twisted and all those things. I'm nervous to talk about this, but uh, it's been good for me to be thinking through like it makes it easier for me. I, I really have felt over the last few weeks that that phrase, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, um, take up their cross and follow me. That phrase has echoed and, and, and just kind of banged around in my head a lot. Um, but I don't want to take my eyes off of this idea that Jesus, Jesus is calling me that when he calls me to deny myself, and I need to do that, he's, he's offering me something better. He's, call, he's, he's calling me to something greater than mm-hmm. the temporary little pleasures mm-hmm. and rewards that I think I can get now. He's like, no, deny yourself because, man, what I'm offering you is going to be better. Trust me on this, you know, and I need to, I need to hold to that. that. That feeds faithfulness for me. You know what I mean? So, okay, I want to do two things. Number one, encourage people to go on blueletterbible.org and look up just the word reward or treasure or inheritance in the New Testament, even the old, and see what the Bible says about it because you'll be, I think, surprised. But before we go, I want to talk about the second piece of what we brought up earlier. We talked about things that lead to reward. Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about what are the rewards the Bible talks about. We've, we've kind of mentioned them in passing just if you can think through what you've studied. Yeah. And some of it's not very specific, but yeah. I think there are some. So w- what are the rewards? Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, to, to go quicker, I'll just keep stealing from C.S. Lewis. Uh, <laughs> so he's, he's done this. He says, well. the, he, he breaks it down into five things that you see promised, like rewards promised in scriptures. He says, the first is that we shall be with Christ. That one makes sense. The second is that we will be like him. That we will kind of be transformed into His glory. We Imperishable about bodies yes. is what is what um, Paul says, right? The third is that it uses. He says that you, the New Testament uses an enormous wealth of imagery that we shall have glory. That's so. That's a third mm-hmm. one. Glory is what is promised to us. Fourth is that we will, in some sense, be fed or feasting or entertained. We there's a lot about the big wedding mm. banquet and yeah, the feast, that's good. that there will be a party, basically. And then the last is that we will have some sort of official position in the universe, ruling cities, judging angels, being pillars of God's temple. Hmm. Um, those are the five things he, he designates there. Um, That's good. Yeah. I think that encapsulates m- most of it. Yeah. And he drives it. He says, he says the first one is the key, yes. that we will be with Jesus. And he believes that actually most of those other things are symbols that are pointing us back to the first to some degree because we, when we think with Jesus, all we can think, he says, is like spatially, so what? So I get to be like two steps closer to him than Justin because I did better because mm-hmm, I get, mm-hmm. and, and we're limited to our own human, all we can even think of is Jesus in the flesh, that I get to be with his yeah, body. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, and he's going, actually, no, but Jesus is using this wide array of imagery because because our own human minds can't fathom what with him means to all we all all I can think of is the way I'm with Justin and I talk with Justin and I you know what I mean and connect with Justin he's like it's so much bigger than that when you talk about the maker of the universe when you talk about Christ and his divinity and so because it's bigger than our minds can capture he he thinks Jesus uses all these different symbols to describe the different facets of connection to Jesus and the different facets of his delight and pleasure in us and the glory and that kind of stuff still beyond what I can grasp mm-hmm. but that that helps me a little bit you know it plays into what we we said earlier, like, 
our goal is to is Jesus, you know, seeking his presence to be with him. It, it really is. Like if Jesus isn't enough for you, then you you probably need to go back a few steps. Yeah. Like that truly does need to be where we yes. start. You know, that's why we turn and follow him. We lay everything aside because we want to go after him. Yeah. And then there are these things which lead to that, which are the result of that marriage, as you illustrated earlier. The only other thing I saw in the New Testament that I thought was interesting is there is a certain sense in which wisdom and knowledge mm. is something that is a reward of of being obedient to Jesus in this life. Yeah. And so there really isn't a yes. promise of physical health. Though there is some evidence of, at times, God will answer the prayers yes. for asking for healing, though not always, right? Yes. Um, but there is a pretty consistent that everyone who seeks it and desires it will gain wisdom and knowledge yeah. and have insight into the revealed mysteries of God. Yeah. And so that, that's one of the only things I thought that C.S. Lewis didn't explicitly list out. Yeah. But I think he, he would say, mostly, yeah, it plays into that. He speaks mostly future. We don't have time. We got, we got to wrap up. But you got into something that's also interesting, that there is, this is where we have to be a little more careful, but... Um, that that Jesus also seems to promise some reward in this life mm-hmm. with things like that, with a mm-hmm. deeper knowledge of Him, with a deeper wisdom of the truth, with mm-hmm. a, with a uh, deeper uh, communion and fellowship with Him, and and things like that. So there there does seem to be some level of this life as well. I'm glad you glad you mentioned that, but. Mm. Well, I, I was greatly encouraged by this today, Brother Drew. Dude, this was, this was fun, man. It's good to get to have this talk with you and just kind of think out loud on the mic for a little bit. For sure. Um, hey, for those who are listening, we, we hope listening in on the conversation was beneficial for you. I, I mean, I would encourage you to do what Justin said. Go look up reward or inheritance or whatever in the scriptures and, and read on those things and think on those things and, and let that drive you in moments of weakness and in moments of, man, I'm tired and it just feels like it's hard to want to do the right thing and hard to sacrifice for Jesus uh, to, re- to remember Jesus is not lying when he says um, that what he offers to you is better, is a fuller life and, and the reward he gives is greater than what you could seek here uh, on, on this side of eternity. Let those things push you into greater faithfulness and obedience. We love you guys and we'll see you next time.